0: Hello, everyone, welcome to Talking Tolkien. No, no. I'm here. Like old school <laughs> newsman. we're coming to you after the Edinburgh <laughs> disaster. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Tolkien. This is our 10th Fellowship of the Ring episode. Today, we are talking about chapter one of book two of the Fellowship of the Ring, colon, the Lord of the Rings. Wait, scratch that, said, I'm John. I'm Katie.
1: And there ain't no party like an elf party, because elf parties last forever. <laughs> his name is
0: Chase.
2: <laughs> yeah, his, his name is actually Chase.
0: All right, so on this day in Middle-Earth, Katya.
2: Yes, so on, the, on this day in Middle-Earth, today is November 5th. And um, I, at this time, word was kind of traveling around about the death of Smaug. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, Wait, when
1: did Smaug so smaug would have died like november 4th or something like
2: that i do not recall the exact date okay. but yeah so this, this is you know it's word is spreading around and also the elves are kind of beginning to head towards the mountain i'm still talking about the hobbit right now yes. oh okay remember remember the
0: 5th of november where smaug was something something rotting
2: on esgaroth <laughs> That doesn't
0: rhyme. <laughs>
1: what does... I wonder what a dragon smells like when it rots. Does a dragon even rot? Or does it just like become bones?
2: Well, I mean, they have flesh on them, so... I, mean, I, guess
1: I thought I'm, he
0: was under the
2: lake.
1: Oh, I guess it'd probably take him longer to decompose.
2: Right.
0: Or the the little fishies would just kind of
2: What is the rate of decomposition underwater if you are a gigantic...
1: I mean, have you seen the picture of, like, that sheep in, like, Switzerland that died in, like, a pool, like a puddle, like a big puddle, and, like, its back's exposed, and it's just, like, you see, like, spine and ribcage, but then, like, it's, like, perfectly fine under the water?
2: I have not seen that. It's a
1: pretty cool image. I might pull it up and show you a little bit later.
2: But let us rejoin (laughs) our... (laughs) Our dear hobbits. Um, And... Well, we that, have multiple hobbits. Oh now. yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. we have multiple hobbits. So, uh, you know, when last we left off, uh, we had finished book one, and
0: Frodo was kind of asserting himself.
2: Yeah, Frodo had was ta- basically taking on the Black Riders in a a a word.
0: Duel, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> was, yeah, I, I, a, I,
1: word I, I feel like a word a word duel with those riders would be really one sided.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if we did mention this, but I think we did not. But when he was like, kind of cursing the black riders, he held his sword out and like mm-hmm. they kind of snapped his sword in half. Just to kind of. Because yeah, uh, we didn't mention that
1: uh, because when I was reading this section, it was like it stood out to me. It's like oh yeah, sword yeah. broken. Weird. Oh yeah, okay. that
2: happened. Um. Uh, But so, yeah, and then, of course, we had the Great Flood happened, and Frodo, once again, sort of passed out. He was sort of overcome by the weakness um, that was brought on by this injury that he had sustained at Weathertop.
0: So, then he wakes up in a bed, and it's about 28 days later, and he slowly discovers there's zombies everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> he wakes up a couple days later and <laughs> Gandalf is is looking o- over him and
2: happy day because
1: yes. suddenly Gandalf's you know
2: <laughs> no, suddenly Gandalf so many of them no only one uh, yeah happy happy day that Gandalf is. Is, is finally here.
1: I feel like Frodo is a little overly excited that Gandalf's there just because of the fact it's like, oh, good, maybe things won't like suck mm-hmm. as much now. <laughs> right?
2: Well, this is, yeah, this is the, the, the best news that Frodo could possibly wake up to right now. Um, and I, I kind of like this ex- exchange that they have here. Gandalf kind of remarks that Frodo is very lucky to be alive because of all of the absurd things that he has done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's that. It's the perfect, you know, Gandalf has this voice. Uh, He's often very lighthearted and kind of joking, especially with the hobbits, you know?
0: Well, what makes this better is Frodo's response. We were stupid (laughs) to do without you. Luckily, we had Strider. I didn't know that men were so smart that yeah. men could be. Oh, that yeah. was a great yeah. bit. Yeah, wasn't that was great? great?
2: Yeah, and then uh, also I think Frodo says, you know, he he's he's only a ranger, right? <laughs> he
0: says, <"I> th- <laughs> he says, I thought well that big people were just big and rather stupid, kind and stupid like Butterbur, or stupid and wicked like Bill Fernie. right? And then Gandalf is like, you don't know much even about them if you think Old Barleyman is stupid.
2: Yeah. But, and, and that's kind of another moment where we see, again, how kind of different peoples within Middle-earth relate to each other. And we've seen before that you know hobbits tend to hide away from the big people. And, you know, way, way back in, in The Hobbit, the uh, the narrator kind of called the big people sort of, like, bumbling, you know? Yeah. yeah. So,
0: <laughs> then Gandalf kind of filled them in a little bit on the status wound. And if you recall, a couple couple chapters ago, on Weathertop, Aragorn found a blade that, in the description, it said that the From tip of the blade was kind of nicked off. Yeah. <laughs> but that was only mentioned once. Yeah. So, Gandalf <laughs> reveals that Morgul blades are designed to kind of splinter off inside of you and Ugh. spread their their hateful magic. Mm-hmm. That made me feel but, gross. But, but thankfully, um, Elrond was able to remove it, although it would probably have killed a much larger, sturdier man, mm-hmm. because... Hobbits, there's just something about them,
2: and that's the thing, you know. Again, Gandalf remarks that, you know, well, you're lucky that it didn't it didn't touch your heart, and and I think he's meaning more so like the heart of the person, not necessarily his physical heart, too, uh, because because again, he's remarking on how truly strong hobbits seem to be and resistant to to, to things that. Even a great big man would not be able to withstand. Might It might
1: be both. It might be one well, of those yeah, things where like, where, like, Gandalf, like, goes to this, like, big, like, thing about, like, the metaphor of a person's heart and character mm-hmm. and how it didn't touch him, and, and, like, Frodo's, like, or it could have literally pierced my heart and I would have died instantly. <laughs> like, well, that too. I mean,
2: well, that too.
1: I mean, I feel like it, there's, there's this element of, like, probably because it was, it was magically, maybe, like, hobbits have, like, this defense against magical curse things rather than, like, physical things. Might be something to that. They have like magical like barriers or something like that, oh. or like a like like an immune system against like magic of sorts. <laughs> like because we've noticed this before about how like if anybody besides Frodo had the ring, they tend to come under its power a lot more quickly. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something to that, like on a biological level with hobbits.
2: I mean, I, I th- that could be possible. And it's never really uh, uh, that, that kind of thing is never really explicitly stated But we are so often told that hobbits Are truly remarkable in that regard That but they I've, can resist I mean,
0: with regards to your biology theory Remember that Smeagol was basically a hobbit Yeah, yeah Yeah, but
2: uh, A hobbitish. Yeah, but a okay
0: kind of hobbit. But however,
1: he had How many years for this thing to plague his mind? <laughs> well, but it
0: affected him immediately He immediately killed Deagle
1: Maybe he was just a weaker... I oh, don't know. Okay.
0: Anyway, um, they do then, they meaning Gandalf and Frodo, touch upon something which we've kind of flirted with, which is the the corporeal state yeah. of them. Basically, Frodo is like, why can we see their horses if we can't see them? And Gandalf says, well, they're real horses. And Frodo's like, why aren't they afraid of the riders? Everything else says and Gandalf replies because they were, you know, they're raised in Mordor. Mm-hmm. Um, Sauron has more servants than just the nine. And On the I, Triple M I, Ranch. This,
2: this also kind of gives us an insight. Uh, you know, last time we, we were talking about, you know, elf horses and are they especially extraordinary. So, uh, th- th- you know, this time we got a little bit of information about ringwraith horses, which, you know, it's kind of a product of, of their upbringing, Right. And so the answer
1: th- to that question yesterday is, no, they're just raised better.
2: <laughs> well, absolutely. And that's. I, I think this also brings to mind, let's remember, what do we know about Sauron based on what we've read from the Akalabeth? Uh, Sauron was a corrupter, right?
1: Got a thing for werewolves? I mean, I don't <laughs> a thing for werewolves, yeah. yeah.
2: But also that he was a corrupter. And um, so, you know, e- even, even these horses that are often really great noble beasts and a lot of a lot that we see throughout middle earth um these particular horses have been raised in a very different environment
1: i mean i, I was of the mindset of and it's really cool for tolkien to go ahead and like throw like we got another little bit of expo, exposition mm-hmm. in this we haven't actually had that in quite Ever since they first met Strider, I feel mm-hmm. like it was the last time we got some, like, exposition. But not like this. Yeah. Because when... Because nobody gives exposition quite like Gandalf gives exposition. <laughs> and because Gandalf kind of gives, like... A bit more of a, like... Basically gives us the, like, outline of what happened on the outside of the previous chapter. Yeah. Which made the previous chapter just a little bit better to me in many ways. But... But doesn't also explain where he's been. I mean, you notice that he didn't explain where he's he. He said
0: he was held captive. Yeah. Well, that's and, it. And he kind it. of he kind of hints that there are some things that are stronger than him, and that maybe can yeah that are capable of holding. Him yes, captive.
1: exactly. Well, and also like giving like a sense to Frodo that, okay, we're in Rivendell,
0: we're still not safe. Pretty
2: we're pretty bu- safe here, but at the same time, there are some things we shouldn't talk about. Yeah, um,
0: but back onto the kind of corporeal nature of the race because yeah. we do get a lot more of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah, says, um, you know, they wear the black um, cloaks to kind of give them form when they have to deal with people. Right. And that elves, particularly elves from the Undying Lands, such as Glorfindel, um, kind of exist in both planes. hmm And so Frodo, when he was you know, falling under, and he saw that that shining, bright person come to save him, that was Glorfindel, kind of in, in the plane that humans don't typically see.
2: Right, that was like Glorfindel's sort of Valinor self. Shining Throne, Oh, okay,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I got really confused there for one second.
2: Well, the other thing, too, is that Frodo... Basically, the effect that a Morgul knife has on you is to basically make you fade out of this existence kind of the same way that the wraiths had.
1: But with less power and under their command.
2: Yeah, yeah, under their command. And, uh, you know, had had this actually occurred, Frodo would have been... Would have succumbed to that and then would have been basically wraith-like and... You know, yeah. Dark Lord can find him yeah, and so. torture him.
0: And Gandalf even makes n- mention. Uh, well, okay, Gandalf mutters to himself. But since this is third person omniscient, Gandalf mm-hmm. effectively makes mention mm-hmm. of the fact that Frodo's arm is basically like semi translucent, almost mm-hmm. like there's just something about it that looks a little off. Yes,
1: which was <laughs> super cool to me for the nerdy type of person <laughs> I am. I, yeah. I I found that little bit really cool. I mean, I. I could read way more into that than it was actually there about that, but mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Oh, and we also, I, I think we... Like, you know, like
1: translucent, like muscle, really <laughs> cool, like ligaments <laughs> and bones is an being shown through. This
2: is uh, a Hollow Man starring Kevin Bacon. <laughs> we kind of skipped over this, but I, I just, for some reason, uh, recalled this. So, uh, you know, uh, before, earlier, uh, Frodo was kind of talking about Strider and when he remarked you know he's only a ranger
1: oh yeah, yeah 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 gandalf
2: then we kind of learn a bit more about rangers too and gandalf is like only a ranger well let me t- don't you know the rangers are actually the very last remains of the numenorians so um rangers are
1: a big deal
2: pretty great and they've helped me a lot strider himself too has helped me a lot and uh
0: So also in this exchange, Gandalf says that it's October the 24th. And Frodo's like, what do you mean? By my reckoning, it's only been, you know, October the 21st. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've been passed out for several days. Sam has never left your side except to sleep or send messages. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Frodo takes a nap and we wakes up, like, kind of send for Sam. And Sam, it's the cutest thing. It says, at that moment, there was a knock on the door and Sam came in. He ran to Frodo and took his left hand awkwardly and shyly. He stroked it gently then he blushed and turned hastily away. So what Sam was doing was checking for signs of life in the hand, he was yeah. excited that yep. it's warm. Yeah. But that's it's almost like Sam has a crush on Frodo. He's just so adorable. It's it so is cool. very
1: much like that. Uh and I mean there's there's like these brief moments like there, there there's the way that Sam like holds Frodo in in high regard. Yeah. Like it's like it's like, uh oh man, what was it? What was that book or movie where somebody <sighs> wasn't the king, but the person right next to him held him like a king?
0: The story of Jonathan and David in the Bible?
1: No, 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 okay, I'm gonna have to think about it for a while, but he's holding him in such high regard. That it's like almost like it's almost like I'm reading from that side, going, Mm -hmm. "Dude, what? No, like, holy crap!" Well, but also
2: remember, though, that Sam is Sam is a gardener, right? He's kind of like a servant, and his 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 dad and his granddad before him were also gardeners. But remember that Mister Bilbo and Mister Frodo have always treated them not as like servants, but as friends. Mm -hmm. So. That I can absolutely see why Sam would hold him you, in such a Yes, regard, when you though.
1: put it like that, that's right. That's, that is yeah. correct.
2: Um, because, you know, he's, he's, he treats him like a friend, not like a, a servant, you know? So, but yeah, I, I, I know, I love that. And so now we get, of course, our happy reunion with our other hobbits, too. And we have another great moment with uh, Gandalf and the hobbits, because... Uh, so... Frodo and Sam go and find uh, Merry Pippin, and Pippin, uh, just kind of in his Pippin way, um, greets Frodo and calls him Lord of the Ring, and Gandalf kind of immediately scolds him. He's like, "Hush, and you know, don't don't use that. That's not no. The Lord of the Ring is a very bad person."
0: Which of course Strider did earlier when Frodo said. You know, I'm losing so much weight, I'll turn into a wraith. Yeah, same um, thing, yeah. So, people often joke about how Katie and I share, like, two halves of the same brain. <laughs> and it's appropriate because without her seeing my book, it is currently open to that section with a flag on that <laughs> part
1: no, of I, the text. I, I highlighted that in mine, but yeah. it's, that, that's a colorful display right there. But
2: then I, I especially like how Pippin responds to this, though. Pippin kind of sa- he says uh you know Gandalf has been saying or so so Gandalf tells them you know don't don't use that word because it's it's or don't use that phrase that root, that's actually referencing a very very dark individual and we're not out of the woods yet and Pippin responds with Gandalf has been saying many cheerful things like that <laughs> <laughs> I just P- Pippin's um demeanor is one of my favorite things <laughs> He has some really
0: it's so like he's not even talking about that
1: at yeah, Gandalf. So it's like he's been saying stuff like that entire time. What a dum dum! Like,
0: so, at this point, then it is a giant kind of banquet, mostly in Frodo's honor, mm-hmm. and it even says that Sam had begged to be allowed to serve Frodo, mm-hmm. but they're like, "No, you're a guest at this banquet." <laughs> yeah. But then they're all like, the hobbits are off on like a guest table on the side, except, except for, for Frodo. Frodo. Yeah. except for Frodo. And um,
2: well, let's face it, Frodo is. Rather important, well, at the, <laughs> and sitting the, some, certain people already kind of know. And that.
1: I'm curious about like how y'all imagined this because how I imagined it, it was like Hogwarts with like the massive tables and like you know uh, Elrond <laughs> like the head, and Glorfindel. Head, head, the head table. And, yeah, well, well like well, at the yeah. front.
0: Well, but okay, so it's Elrond sitting at the main table, and then Glorfindel to one side, and to the other is Gandalf, and mm-hmm. Frodo's like, I never realized that Gandalf was such an important figure.
2: And this is one of my favorite parts of this chapter is just the. We see through Frodo's eyes. We see, we 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 get descriptions of first Elrond and then Glorfindel and Gandalf, and then of course also uh, Frodo lays eyes on the Lady of Rivendell, who is who we learn is named Arwen, of course, and we're introduced to Arwen, and just even Gandalf, you know, before we haven't really seen. Like I mean, you know, pe- people regard Gandalf with a lot of respect, but this is yeah. Ga- this is Gandalf in an entirely different light, too. And well, Frodo was, looks at him and really realizes how kind of wise and regal he is.
1: Calls him almost like like an old king, like yeah. calls him k- like kingly in a, yeah. way, in a way, which I never really my internal image of Gandalf was nothing of the sort. Mm-hmm. So like hearing that was very almost like Gandalf feels like the type of person, and especially in this chapter compared to others is a man who wears multiple hats yep. and it feels fills multiple roles still the same person mm-hmm. but kind of bounces around what type of person like who how he is regarding people mm-hmm. in very like how he regards strider how he regards the hobbits and how he regards elron mm-hmm. very differently
2: yeah
0: but we're missing like the best comp- the best person at this dinner mm-hmm. oh yeah he meets a dwarf with a kind of a stately silver beard that's forked and introduces himself in the proper manner, according to Dwarven etiquette, and it is none other than the Glowin. The
2: Glowin, and of course, you know, I, I, this is kind of a very nostalgic moment, I think, especially having, you know, the, the order that we've been reading things, having just read The Hobbit, uh, you know, Glowin bounces yeah. up and he says, at your service, sir, and bows very low, which mm-hmm. is, you know, how all of the dwarves had introduced themselves to Bilbo. And it's just great. I love it.
1: We're having read The Hobbit first... Well, and... Yeah, having read The Hobbit first really paid off this moment, too. Because <laughs> not only is this character... What did you all... How did you all say his name again?
2: Glowin'.
1: Glowin'? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was calling glowing Glowin' when I was reading it. But I feel like that's <laughs> vulgar. Um, Glowin', alright. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and getting this... It's like a touch base of, like, what's going on with Dale? What's going on with the Lonely Mountain? And what's going on with all of those...
0: Um. Those dwarves. Specifically
1: Bomber. Bomber, what the What? <laughs> yes.
0: That is my next flag of the text because it, it says Bomber was now so fat that he could not move himself from his couch to his chair at a table and it took six young dwarves to lift him.
2: What? You know what? Bomber is living the good life.
1: He
0: <laughs> You know, yeah, he he did help like he has dwarf down, Yeah. You know maybe that uh that the river that he he fell in. Maybe it like has some effects on his metabolism that never wore off, and he, just...
1: <laughs> he was always. I don't know. But specifically, uh, what what weirded me out, and I feel like <sighs> the way it was handled was in like this like st- this tone of foreshadowing. And I've been yeah. talking a lot about foreshadowing because mm-hmm. we've been reading the the gunslinger and the king crimson king cast Mm -hmm. and reading it again realizing how much damn foreshadowing is in that (laughs) so i'm starting to feel like i'm getting good at picking up foreshadowing but some hardcore foreshadowing is happening with how with Balin, and how Balin has gone off on a journey and has not been seen in a while
2: that's an interesting observation that was
1: a weird moment like that is something that was like I kind of got that vibe of like, are we about to meet Balen on this trip too? I don't know. That's
2: an like, interesting observation, sir. Also, and I will be very interested to see what you think of the conclusion of that yeah. observation. I'll
0: also revealed, um, Ori and Owen are missing. Oh right. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and you know, the the rest of the ten who had kind of survived uh, are still living with Dane, who is still king under the mountain.
0: Now having um, passed his two hundred fiftieth year,
2: right? Oh, so, wow. da- yeah, Dane is a stately old fellow, yeah. right? Um,
0: and and Glowin says that. We haven't really reached the skill level of our forefathers when it comes to craft and I don't know if we ever actually will, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like the state of our minds and the things that we've built, we've far surpassed them. You should see the mountain, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and of course, you know, Frodo is Frodo is kind of drinking all this up. He's loving hearing news, but at the same time he in the back of his mind he's and he, and he even says, like, I would rather see Bilbo again than see anywhere, honestly.
1: Was well, getting a sequel to those stories you heard as a kid.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So this this is I, I also so I'm I'm also imagining the whole time you know as we've seen previously in the Silmarillion and in the Hobbit and earlier in Fellowship, uh, elves really know how to throw a feast. Yeah. So
1: because even those hobbits are getting damn tired uh-huh. through this whole thing.
2: Well, and that's the thing about it. so elves when when elves throw a feast that you know there's there's something worth celebrating right, and they have this great uh, you know, a, a huge of assortment of the, like the finest foods that even hobbits find to be extraordinary. But but then even better is there's like cause for merriment after, and they like to sing songs and tell old stories.
0: But bizarrely, somebody is missing from this feast. Right, and that is Strider, mm-hmm. and it says Frodo wondered whether he was ill, if people were ever ill in Rivendell, and had been unable to come to the feast. So after after dinner is over, they they are led to a a large hall with a fire burning, conveniently called the fire hall, where there's always a fire burning, mm-hmm. and typically uh, it's kind of a quiet place for introspection. Mm-hmm. But on nights like this, it is the basically the ballroom. Mm-hmm. How'd you all like imagine that room? I'm
1: very curious about those ones. I imagined
0: it like the hall of the singers in Nuschvantsheim.
2: I I just imagine it as a, just kind of a very tranquil meditation hall. And okay. like they said, you know, there's always um, there's always a fire going there, but it's you know, and it's it's described as a place where people go for peace, so that they can basically sit and think.
0: I also um, kind of imagined it as the um like the meeting room from the 2012 LaPage production of Goderdammerung at the Metropolitan Opera, but that's probably the most specific very reference very, I've ever very given. <laughs> Especially
1: for what I was about to say was I was just imagining back in the Hobbit, mm-hmm. remember the what was it? Okay in Mirkwood, when they encountered those elves. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I imagined that kind of like, in the ground, like almost like a cave. I I mean, that probably doesn't make sense compared, like I wouldn't imagine, it's not a, for some reason, that's the image that came to mind for me. I don't know why.
2: I could see maybe for this kind of room. For this room, nowhere else, but this room. But Rivendell itself is much more, Um. a
0: built environment.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I mean there's a lot of like references to wood Like the very first thing Frodo sees Is like the wood and the ceiling And how like it's beautifully carved Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I almost imagine that this is a place where Every little thing you see Has insane detail And into significance it. yeah And significance mm-hmm. yeah I can see that I, I mean I, I imagine this as like A very A much bigger place Than I feel like I probably should have I don't mm-hmm. know
2: well, so anyway, they, they come to this hall, and there's, you know, kind of far off against, against the wall, there's a dark figure that's sitting there, kind of propped up against the wall, and Elrond goes over and sort of, like, shakes him and tells him to wake up. <laughs> and who <laughs> is it?
1: <laughs> it's, it's old Bilbo. It's
2: old Bilbo. And of course, I I like this exchange between Bilbo and Elrond because Bilbo's I I wasn't sleeping. I was thinking, as one does when one comes here. But now, of course, you're all here and I'm not going to be able to think anymore because you're all going to be singing and I will never finish the song that I was just trying to make up.
1: I feel like Bilbo (laughs) in this place has very much enjoyed himself, but he's kind of like existed out of like step from like, like from a time perspective, like he eats dinner before. Okay, like an old man, like (laughs) he's like eating dinner before all of them. And he's, like, going off on, like, slightly off-kilter from everybody else.
2: Bilbo has attained such an age and has, you know, uh, has such a status that Bilbo can do as, as as Bilbo pleases.
0: So, Bilbo and Frodo kind of sneak off to catch up. And Frodo's like, why haven't I seen you until now? And Bilbo's like, oh, I sat by your side every day. Uh, and as for the feast, well, I just, that's not really my, my speed. Mm-hmm. Um... I
2: I, I like to just kind of sit around with my thoughts these days. Yes,
0: and so they catch up. You know, Frodo shares news of Hobbiton and the Shire, and Bilbo says that after you left, he went to the Lonely Mountain, and then he's basically been in Rivendell ever since. Mm -hmm. He's thought about going back to Hobbiton several times to collect the ring, but He's a little too frail, and Elrond wouldn't really allow it anyway because the Dark Lord would make mincemeat out of him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and also that ring. Can I see that ring? How about that ring? How's that ring doing? At which point, it says that Frodo realizes that the ring had been placed on a new chain Mm -hmm. around his neck while he was sleeping. very strong chain. Okay, okay, okay.
1: All right, this is part... All right. I'm going to kind of, like, sidestep this a little bit and say, who the hell put that ring on that chain? Well, that's
0: why his, you know, special... The <laughs> that's the, why I especially okay. called out this section. Yeah,
1: because I read that and was like, "Huh, that's weird." Because we've been told that like no one else should touch this thing. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have a theory. It was Sam.
0: Well, I was just going to say it's not too hard to thread a, a chain through a ring without actually touching the ring, I mean, especially if the ring is already on a chain. You can just hold it up as such and then pass like you know a stick through are the a attached. Heel. yes exactly <laughs> yeah but i get
1: maybe we are overemphasizing the power of the ring a little bit i'm not
0: i'm not speci- no. i'm not talking about like specifically who handles the ring i think it's of note that they purposefully ge- found a new chain, chain. Mm-hmm. to give the ring back to frodo
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know they could have taken the ring off of Frodo and put it somewhere else, but they took the ring off of Frodo and put it back onto him while he was sleeping.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Actually, okay, I have it. This might be something that... I'm going to criticize this now. Okay. Okay, I'm going to throw out some criticism.
2: I'm just going to listen. Unless
1: it's explicitly explained later, this seems like a massive jump for no reason. I don't know why. It just feels like, oh ring is now around my neck okay and then like passing off and then it's like uh, what okay just seems a little out of like it seems like unnecessary to directly say i don't know why it even feels like we have to call to this
0: okay it's
1: like a dummy like <laughs> <You're, laughs> your looks are like, like
2: well what is of more importance right now is that bilbo has asked to see the ring again and even, you know
1: No, to, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: To, to hold it, right? Yeah. And Frodo kind of, you know, he, he reaches for it But then he sort of hesitates again And kind of doesn't want to hand it over And so, for good reason Because next what happens is kind of So Frodo almost describes it as like a, a Sort of like a film
0: oh, Or like a weird. fog yeah. that he
2: sees uh, And now he, he feels that he's no longer looking at Bilbo he's looking at some kind of strange withered creature that uh, looks absolutely terrifying and uh Bilbo becomes this
0: well he wants to strike out at it
2: right, right uh, and uh, thankfully kind, Bilbo seems to realize this change too and then kind of no- notices it and even himself is says oh no, okay, I see now um
1: yeah, what was, I, need, I need to that part was stay
2: distanced from this.
1: That part was really weird. What was y'all's gauge on that? Well, I don't really fully understand if, like...
0: Well, I have it's, a theory it's a, it's a reflection of Bilbo's corporeal self versus his kind yeah. of yeah. ethereal line.
2: And remember very early on uh, in the book when Gandalf had remarked on how, it, how important it was that Bilbo himself gave up the ring, right? Yes. Um again, this is kind of the difference that sets Bilbo apart from what had happened to Gollum.
1: Yeah yeah okay
2: so and so yeah we, we kind of see echoes of that here uh, but again thankfully Bilbo resists and uh, so now finally uh, that uh, Bilbo has been, Every now and then, kind of mentioning, I, where is that Dunadan? Where is that Dunadan? I I I don't know where he is. Where <laughs> what is your Dunadan? Is that
1: something you put on your head? What is <laughs> that?
2: And so now, what what happens? But at this moment, actually, there was uh, we're descri- uh, we're told a man clad in dark green cloth arrives, and he kind of was um, standing just a few steps back, and then he popped
1: out of a hole in the ground, and said, "Ah, I'm here."
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> but and and Bilbo looks over and says, "Oh, there he is. There's the Dúnadan." And Frodo again is kind of like, "You have many names, Strider." <laughs> and indeed he does. But
1: Bilbo's like, "What's Bilbo? this yeah. Strider?" It's like, "Oh, that's what they call me, Bree."
2: So again, we have like another layer of Strider's character that's kind of revealed before Frodo, and. Turns out, Bilbo and Strider are friends as well.
0: Good friends, and Bilbo's been looking for him to help him come up with a rhyme or two. Yeah, and that, I love that bit. I Just love that the rhyme. Like, yeah, two. like that's why Bilbo wanted him. That was my next like moment in the text. Because like, I need your help with my poem. Well,
2: and that's that's what Bilbo does now because he, he he's able to, like he says, devote all of his time to his thoughts and writing his book and you know coming up with rhymes and songs and stuff, reflecting on his adventures.
0: Well, and so at this point Frodo is also chastised by Bilbo for not using the Elvish that he knows because yeah. Dunadan means man of the West. Exactly. getting get a Numenorean.
2: Yeah. Uh, so he's like, "Well, you 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 should have known that this is a descendant of the Numenoreans, Frodo, you foolish lad."
0: Frodo's like, I don't know, "I've so, been busy being chased." I don't know. So at this point, it's kind of hinted at that it's surprising that Aragorn would not want to see Arwen. Mhm. And Aragorn says, "Oh well, Elrond's two sons had returned, and I needed to kind of, you know, we needed to sync up our notes, basically. So, yeah. if you recall earlier, Glorfindel said that Elrond sent people north, south, and west to search for uh, Frodo. So, I'm um, uh, presumably Glorfindel was the one who went west. So, his two sons were the ones who went north and south. I
1: mm-hmm. mean, Glorfindel's sons. No, Elrond's Elrond Elrond son. sons. All right, okay, yeah." yeah.
0: Uh, and then, uh, after they finish the poem, all the elves are like, "Oh, well, let's hear it." Right. So, oh, so, yeah.
2: at, well, at this time, Frodo is kind of has started. He's he's by himself, and he's kind of been listening to the music. And I I really like this whole passage of the kind of the effect that the music has on him, and um, because again, there's something about elves and music, and uh, you're kind of enchanted by it and so frodo kind of is drifting off into this semi semi sleep and um where i want to find it because i really liked the way that the music was described um, so uh, frodo is kind of listening to the music and he said it says um the, uh, so he's listening to music, and we're kind of told that it, it's an enchantment. And it says, Then the enchantment became more and more dreamlike until he felt that an endless river of swelling gold and silver was flowing over him, too multitudinous for its pattern to be comprehended. It became part of the throbbing air around him, and it drenched and drowned him. Swiftly, he sank under its shining weight into a deep realm of sleep. Um, that's wow. just great. Wow. That's great have you But I mean you know I, I feel like we know this feeling though if you like I, if, have you ever been in like a great uh an opera hall or a concert hall or anything and just feel completely drowned by the music?
1: No, I was in a bar in St <laughs> Louis and the band that was playing managed to get everybody to be super quiet mm-hmm. and almost like we were in church or something like that it's very reverent it was yes oh my god yes it was a post-rock band mm-hmm. and they only toured in the, this is the first time they've ever and only time they've ever toured in the u.s and it was in one city on one night and we managed to catch it and it was like this like everybody was like swaying mm-hmm. and nobody clapped it was just like this like weird like everybody was like Best of, like, it was like that. It yeah. was like that, and it was weird. And like the guy told weird stories about seeing like, like nuclear explosions out in this. We may have been accidentally been part of a cult. We don't know, but it was <laughs> great. But it was like this, where it was like this, like, yeah, I didn't know if I was asleep or I was awake.
2: Right, you're kind of in almost like a trance-like state, yeah. and that's kind of so. Frodo is sort of in this half sleep, and then he hears a voice. And actually, this turns out to be Bilbo's voice, and Bilbo is singing this song that he had. This was his little song that he had been coming up with that he needed Strider's help with. And so this is this song is about Arondel, who, if you remember from the Silmarillion, actually um, I did. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you remember this story? Um, you know, uh, was searching for Valinor in vain, and uh, his wife Elwing flew to him and put the Silmaril on his crown, and. Uh, finally Arandil finds Valinor and uh, he stays there for a while and then he his, his, has a new ship that's built and then he's actually sort of made into a star
1: goes off into space or that part
2: um so that, yeah that,
1: that's where we found out that we're, one of the Silmarillion's will probably never be Sol- found
2: one, one of the Silmarillion's sorry god
0: <laughs> I always do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the Silmarillion's is off and will never be found again because it's Mm-hmm. In space, and one's under the sea, and one's under a mountain.
0: So after the poem ends, uh, an elf said, "Now we have to hear it again." And Bilbo is really flattered uh, because his his verses aren't good enough, you know, for elves to hear twice. Like usually they humor him, so he can't mm-hmm. believe that they would actually like it.
2: And Bilbo's kind of like, you know, my words pale in comparison to
0: what. <laughs> and then he says, can "Come up with right." You can't tell which parts are mine and which parts are. Aragorns and the elf says, We do not study the mortals so much to know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. was that was we, great. We can't, we
2: can't tell the difference between hobbit words and man so words.
0: Bilbo says, If you can't distinguish between a man and a hobbit, your judgment is poorer than I imagined. They're <laughs> as different as peas and apples. Maybe, says Lundy, to sheep, other sheep no doubt appear different. Or to shepherds, but mortals have not been our study. We have other business.
2: I really like exchanges between Bilbo and elves because there's this mutual. I mean, you know, they they respect each other, but it's also like a a lighthearted kind it's a little of snarky. It's it's a little snarky, but both both parties are snarky, which I like. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, which uh, actually, we're, we're told. Bilbo, it's kind of in an aside to Frodo, says, well, actually, all the song I was I mine. Uh, Strider just told me to put in a bit about a green jewel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after this, uh, Frodo kind of goes back to the hall. Elrond is in his chair. He sees Arwen, and he's surprised that Aragorn is standing beside her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seemed to be clad in elven male and a star shone on his breast. And then... Arwen looks towards him and like the light of her eyes fell on him from afar, afar and pierced his heart and he stood there kind of enchanted for a while. Which, Five billion years which, pass, Which
2: we didn't mention before but you know when I, I talked earlier about just Frodo seeing you know uh, Elrond and Glorfindel and Gandalf and then Arwen and we see this description. So Arwen is of course remarkably beautiful and she's described as the likeness of Luthien on, on the earth again.
1: Which I felt like, that, okay, that could be held in, like, two ways. Mm-hmm. Either that is talking, talking about the prescribed, like, what everybody in this area kind of perceives Arwen as. I kind of had this brief moment where I also thought of, is that, like, Frodo's, because he's only heard that story and he heard it recently, his mind going back to well, that but, in a weird way. But
0: she's a descendant from she,
1: She's a descendant know, of I, Luthien. I know, I just well, had that thought of, like... both. Both
2: really, Both, okay. really. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, L- Arwen is she, she, she truly is. She's the likeness of Luthien on, on, oh, okay. so and that that's pretty, you know, this pretty hardcore in stone. There's a reason why she is, too, um, beyond just that she's a descendant. Um, but yeah,
0: and then basically they go to bed, and Sam is just like, This is the best night ever. <laughs> elves. Oh my god, so elves. many
2: elves. But also, we're reminded there's going to be a very important council in the morning.
1: Oh, yes. yeah, very important council. It's going to last the rest of the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, during his discussion with Glowen, Frodo is resident to reveal why he's at Rivendell, as is Glowen. Yeah, so that was a cool bit. Like, that was a really cool bit. And he's yeah.
2: yeah, saying, like, well, well, we don't need to talk about these things right now because those will be discussed at, 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 at a very important secret council tomorrow. But uh, we let's talk about more lighthearted things You know mm-hmm. Yeah
1: um, So Bomber is the size of his apartment <laughs> <you know>?
2: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah we have You know this is kind of a nice Respite from The uh, the, the tough journeying that we've had Previously for our little hobbit
1: For how much friends. Okay I didn't hate last week's chapter <laughs> my, my, I, just ha- I just I found it a little bit less energetic than the previous chapters for Lord of the Rings, but that's this chapter was like the best. This <laughs> this chapter was great. I really I really dug it.
2: It's pretty great. It is. It's pretty great. But what was everyone's favorite parts?
0: Sam being all Sam and cute and Samness.
1: <laughs> Mine was yeah. uh, that that bit of talking with Gloyne. Like, that was really great. Glowing. Glowing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that bit was great just because we got a little bit of... Actually, a lot, actually. There was even reference to, like, Bard.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: like, yeah. Bard's son's son being the king and a really good king. And also reference to kind. and Skind. And
2: yeah. there's a lot
1: of information in this chapter.
2: Yeah, and a lot of information that kind of paid off from previous stories where you're kind of yeah. wondering, what was the outcome of this? Well, we we, we got that outcome.
1: Like... Uh, the end of the end of the Hobbit like set the stage for like future stuff, but then this like filled in those gaps.
0: Speaking speaking of Bayorn, did you hear that they've announced the first official um, non Hobbit, non Lord of the Rings spinoff from the Peter Jackson verse? It's called Bayorn again. Wait, what? No, no, it's actually a spy movie called Bayorn to Kill.
2: I'm not gonna justify uh, that with a Be- response.
0: Be-
1: I don't get this pun like shh (laughs) "Shh." (laughs) you lost me embrace it I'd watch the crap out of that too embrace it um the best thing about those Hobbit movies
2: what was my favorite part I think I think my favorite part was uh Frodo was Frodo talking about Strider after he wakes up Frodo talking with Gandalf and saying you know uh kind of how he's come to trust him, and yeah, yeah. and you know, again, he he even says, you know, there's no way we could have done any of this without Strider. And um, however, I'm we've met right off
1: with that with you, but yeah, Strider's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you know,
2: I, he he still wished Gandalf had been there, but uh, you know, without Strider, none of this had been would have been possible. And you know, then of course, Frodo is kind of later learns throughout the rest of the chapter. Well, yeah, uh, and with good reason because Strider's a pretty remarkable. Person himself, and from a pretty remarkable line of people. So, yeah, I like I liked uh, Frodo's just kind of words about Strider to Gandalf.
1: It was a cool chapter. Cool chapter. Lots of stuff happened in this chapter.
2: Yep, uh, you're gonna learn a lot more stuff in the next chapter. Oh, and
1: what's the next chapter called? The, the next Council chapter is the yeah. Oh no, this is the one he keeps kept referencing.
2: <laughs> this is
0: a huge huge chapter so this
1: is like a board meeting and (laughs) they're discussing like
0: it's not as long as I remember. It's only thirty-one pages long, but I remember it being so much longer. Mm-hmm. I imagine
1: the next chapter it's is jam-packed. Nothing but exposition.
0: It's jam-packed. I'll put it this way: the Council of Elrond is the chapter that got that made me stop reading the book when I was thirteen. Oh god! Oh no! That's not like a criticism of the book. That's just like when I was thirteen, this was like the point at which I fell off. To be it, fair, it, I've not did. had
1: that feeling of I don't want to be reading this since early in Silmarillion. So I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about not stopping now. I finished really and I feel like I can read anything at this point. <laughs> like, that's not a pro... Okay. really wasn't bad. Just, it was hard to
2: get through. It's it's dense. It's... That movie... Or movie. That book is not for the faint of heart. But here... But, uh... Anyway, next week we will uh, have a council with many of the uh, wisest people that just, we've met just yet. Just missed
1: October 24th as well. I got weirded out. I was like, whoa! It was one of those yeah. where... You know, like, two, all,
2: we have almost synced up. Two,
1: two things happened in this chapter that, ha- like, one, they said that they said a date that was really close to the date I was currently reading this at, mm-hmm. and then two, they said the name of the book. Yep. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that I, I thought was great.
0: Well, so while it's not October 24th, that did happen to me once, and that was with the movie *Miscongeniality*. If you if you recall or have seen the movie. Uh, they ask one of the contestants, describe your perfect perfect date, date. and she says April 25th, because you only need (laughs) need a light light jacket. jacket. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than, you know, like, oh, he's cute, he's charming, whatever. Well, I had just, (sighs) this is in 2012, I had just started dating this guy, and we'd joked about watching this Congeniality, so he brought his DVD over and we started watching it. And they get to that moment we look at each other and we're like, wait, today is April 25th. It's I, the perfect day. And like, we, didn't, we didn't plan that, it just happened, and it was like, what? Wait, was
1: that your first time watching that movie? No, no, no. Oh, no. okay. I saw
0: it in theaters. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah.
1: I, like, I like that
0: movie. I've also noticed that Netflix series tend to do that. Like, if they're going to drop a date in the Netflix series, they will do it for the day of or the day after it comes out. Because they know that's when you're gonna be watching it. Because that happened in, um, in House of Cards, they're like, you know, what is the day February thirteenth or something, and it was February thirteenth. Yeah, 13th you know, Because that's... they came out on Valentine's Day, and it was like the sixth episode or something. Like it's kind of spooky when that happens, but at the same time, especially with regards to Netflix, like they plan that crap out.
1: <laughs> uh, some movies do that as well. I watched a movie recently that did that, and it weirded me
0: out. Was it 2012, directed by Roland Emmerich? God, 2012. Remember that time we watched that?
1: Unwa- that movie's unwatchable.
0: How, how do you mess that up? How do you
1: spend the entire movie saying, hey, they built spaceships. They're out in the desert. Spaceships out in the desert. And they're not spaceships? What is What, what are you doing? They should have been cooler than spaceships if you're doing that. God, that movie was dumb.
0: <laughs> it <just> was directed by <sighs> Roland <in> Emmerich. <laughs> you're mad that it was dumb?
1: I've seen... Okay, that's the dumbest movie.
0: That's like, that's like going to IHOP and being mad that your pie was sweet. Wait, I can. Wait, IHOP what? The... But but pies can sometimes be All right, <laughs> I meant savory. We Billion. should. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we right. Should, uh, yeah. But
1: they're gonna say like IHOP and expect your like omelet to be you know disappointing. I almost called ocelots to be disappointing, and I told me it's oh, not a good way of taking that.
0: All right, I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase.
2: And we'll be back next week.
1: What was Aragorn's name that Bilbo was calling him again? The Dunedain. The Dunadan. Oh, yeah. That's I'm Dunedain.
2: Well, no, that's like, just like... It just means man of the West. That's
0: just saying, like, oh, there's the Frenchman.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. Hey, Frenchman, come over here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com, and you can send us an email to theprofessor at TalkingTolkien.com.
2: We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review.
1: We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.